Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Tyler. I'm the National College Advisory Program Director, and today we're going to be chatting with the legend of Ben John, the Technical Director at Rush, Wisconsin, and also the Assistant Women's Coach at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and we're chatting about how do you stand out at a showcase and what college coaches look for. I'm telling you, he's a legend. You're going to love it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Magoosh, Rush's exclusive online ACT and SAT prep classes. You can sign up now at RushCollege.com for only $50. I'm telling you, it is time to sign up for Magoosh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is CapChat. You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is CapChat. As you know, the topic today, we're focused on, on, on showcases. And right now, with, with the, the climate of COVID, showcases are, are probably even more important. Uh, our kids may have one shot at a showcase until things change, it, it change again. Um, so I think showcases are becoming a little more important. Um, what, what do we have? Just talk about the advantages of, of attending a, a, a showcase. Well, maybe more advantages now than even before, you know, because there are a lot of showcase events uh, all over. Talking to a lot of D1, D2, D3 coaches, um, you know, we, we got to see a healthy number of coaches at some of our Rush National Select events when we went to PDT in Arizona, as an example. But in talking to a lot of D1 coaches, they're like, you know, uh, we might have taken one coach to PDT before. But given what's going on with the pandemic and we've got to catch up in our recruiting, we might take our entire staff out there to go to multiple fields uh, to really sort of kind of catch up on on uh, recruiting. The second thing that I've heard, you know, from a lot of coaches is there are showcases that we've never attended before that we're going to go mm-hmm. to now mm-hmm. because we are really in catch up mode. Um, and so they're trying to figure out ways in which. To either go to bigger events as an entire staff or to split their staff and send them to some other places that they traditionally haven't gone to. Uh, we're seeing an uptick on, on the coaching front. So for every adversity, there's an opportunity, right? So there appears to be this opportunity now with college coaches where they're really excited about recruiting. They're trying to get ahead of, of the recruiting curve. So some good things happening there. And I think advantageous to our players and, and you you mentioned an id camp uh, of an elkhorn uh so you there's two kind of two kind of different formats that you have in, in an id camp where um possibly out of their comfort zone and then just a showcase um that you have an opportunity to play with your team what are the advantages of that id kind of format of, of playing with players that aren't on on your team or taking yourself out of your comfort zone yeah at, at some point you're gonna lose the comfort of your team anyway in the evaluation process i mean I might see you at a team event and go, I really like you for reason X, Y, and Z. But if you're a serious candidate for us because we like you, we like what you bring to the to the table, uh, a part of our assessment is going to be come into our ID event and not all ID events that we put on are equal. Um, we might have three or four ID events, but... For our top players that we're recruiting, we try to get them in. Important things that we're evaluating them on is not necessarily where they match up uh, in terms of performance with their own team and the comfort and security and even the role that's been defined for them on their own team is 
it's in isolation, where do you fit? What does the matchup kind of look like when I take you and you've got to play with people you don't know and go up against this player and we're trying to decide between you and this player? Um, that assessment is more real um, to our zip code. Um, you know, sometimes going out, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're really looking at code or country code when we go yeah. to, yeah. you know, a, uh, a, a showcase because we're going, will they fit into our zip code? And then once we get to our campus and match them up with people, uh, then we're able to decide whether, you know, hey, we, we really want this person to have a mailing address with us. Um, so a player tends to showcase and you're not, you're a coach on, on, on the sideline sitting in your chair uh, away from all the parents uh, <laughs> and, and evaluating. And what, what, are the, what are the general qualities of, of a player um, that you're kind of looking at? Well, the first thing is I don't unpack my chair. Uh, I, I struggle to unpack and repack my chair. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually show up to a field and go, is it worth it for me to unpack my chair? Because it's going to take me fifteen. <laughs> we got to get you a. We got to get you a better chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, when you lack coordination, you just lack coordination. You know. Um, I just want to watch I, you I just... unpack your chair. That <laughs> <end of> it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch you. Yeah, I'm gonna watch you. I'm gonna watch you struggle, and no one's gonna help you unpack your chair. <laughs> I say this to our players all the time. Uh, you know, I, I show up, and there's two players that I'm looking at who said they they're interested in our program, and I, I'll actually not unpack my chair. I'll watch for five minutes to figure out do they meet uh, a baseline for me, uh, and if if it's the eye test, Josh, right off the bat, you know. You've got to wait, make it worth my while to for me to take my my chair out of the sleeve. Um, and if they're not working hard, if they don't have a high level of energy or intensity, you know, if they don't meet sort of a physical requirement, if they're technically not quite there, then no disrespect to the player. Our program is a top 15, top 20 program. Our goal isn't to win conference every year. That is an expectation. Uh, our, our goal is really how far in the national tournament can we go? We want to have a shot at the final four because after that, anything can sort of happen, right? Um, and so the, the, the bar is set pretty high. Um, so sometimes when I'm watching a player, this is a key point, I think, for me at least, is am I recruiting an impact player? <laughs> is this player going to be impactful to my program and can start right away? Or is this going to be a really critical role player was going to develop into a critical role player that's going to make a difference. I will say this one thing that Nancy Rohrman, who used to be a coach in our club, played for the U.S. national team. I thought she said it best, which is you can get into the technical, tactical, physical, mental, all of those types of things that you want to. But she put it really succinctly. Do one thing really, really well. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to notice that. Uh, do one thing better than everybody else, and I'm probably going to recruit you. Do one thing better than everybody else consistently, and you're going to get a lot of people recruiting you. Whatever that one thing is, you know, do that one thing. So that self-awareness for the player to go, I'm dominant in the air. I'm going to try to win every single ball in the air because that's the one thing I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. um, There's so many different things you, you can excel at and, and make up for. Um you know, on those and, and but when you when you talk about kind of the, the tactical side of the game, what does that look like 
from, as a coach, you're watching. How do you evaluate if like is, is that player a tactically is that one of her strengths or his or her strengths? Well, look, I I think one of the best examples of what you just said. Um, how do you compensate for maybe not being physically, you know, that big, strong, fast, whatever? If you're missing some of those qualities, you know, we we had the good fortune here in in, in Wisconsin. I live in Madison uh, to see Rose play for the for the Badgers, uh, who nice. then gone on to you know be on the national team was really impactful in the World Cup. Ro- Ro- Rose La- Rose Lavelle, who don't know her by a first name basis, like like the legend of Ben John. <laughs> oh, just me and Rose had breakfast the other day. <laughs> Rose Lavelle, the, the standout of the of the uh, last wor- uh, women's World Cup, uh, is 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 who he's referring to. Played for the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. So, you know, Rose comes down to below my chest. I mean, she's 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 a she's not a big, you know physically imposing figure um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what she did, and this is sort of that transition into tactical, she always owned the space, whether she had the ball or she didn't have the ball. Her ability to anticipate, to get there, and not have to deal with that bigger, stronger, faster kid because she got to the ball first was extraordinary. I mean, the the soccer IQ on her was brilliant, Right. So speed of play is a big thing you're going to hear about uh, if you haven't already heard about it at the age of 15, 16, 17. And at some point when we start talking coach speak, et cetera, it's technical to tactical, right? It, it, you know, so there are simple things that I will look for, and there are simple decisions I have made that have had big consequences in terms of our program and our assessment of players. I'll give you two really quick ones. One is a really obvious one in terms of, when a player is receiving a ball, do they have, we can tell as coaches, do you have a sense as to what's next? <laughs> and it might be just that simple. What's next? If you're thinking about what's next, I can tell by how you then take a touch on that ball. Yeah. Whether you failed in terms of the execution of what was indeed next, the fact that you did think about what's next, that it was purposeful in how you control that ball in that situation and based on the circumstances of the game. What's next is then evaluated if we're 2-0 down in the game with 15 minutes left and and your decision did not sort of comport to the situation and the circumstance. So it's not just tactical in terms of the decision-making in that moment. It's the decision-making within the context of the game. The technical game is easy to teach. Um, you know, you, you can spend hours and hours a day getting your touch. And I, I've seen, you've seen players that in a small setting, just, wow, that's the, she's a stud. You get her on 11 v 11 field and she's lost because, she, and I think the tactical game is, is something that, that we, that so many people just skip past. And, and by the time you hit 18, 19 years old, I, I'm not saying it's past you, but I think you, you hit 18, 19 years old and, and you're behind. If you're not watching soccer every day, if you're not evaluating yourself, if you're not watching um, you know, other games playing, really thinking about the game. The tactical thing is hard to teach once you hit college. Um, and I think it's overlooked by so many people. Good tactical players are constantly looking away from the ball to sort of figure out what's my next move. You know, what, what, what decision should I be making? And it is within that context. I had a, you know, really talented team when I first got here to, to rush. And um, there was a player who was hurt. He was not back 100%. 
all the boys said, Coach, he, he's, he's one of our most important players. But we had the best players from town showing up. And he was worried about, you know, his ability to compete because he hadn't played for, for six months. So he's in the game, and within three minutes, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick him. And the assistant was like, whoa, what, what just happened? And it was as simple as, and you can fault me for this, but he's playing as a center back. The ball was on the left-hand side. He, he, he was the only person in the back line of four people that we were looking at that took his eye off the ball and looked on the weak side and began to organize the outside midfielder and the center midfield to deal with the ball that was on the far le- uh, left side. Um, and just doing that alone, it was done. He was in. And that was a state cup championship team. He went on to uh, start on that team. We never subbed him out unless we had to. And he went on to secure a really good scholarship in college. Um, that was the right decision, but it was based on a singular moment. Yeah. Uh, he took his eye off the ball and he organized the backside, which I thought was really fantastic. So, uh, for some coaches, that's a big deal, especially if you have a pretty cerebral team and your program is built around very specific principles. I, th- um, I think it's a so great thing. Yeah, you, I mean, it, it's such a great – I mean, we always say, you know, hey, as a defender, don't get caught ball watching. And and that's a – I think that what that's a, such a cool example. Um, but I think you're right, though. I think all coaches look for those – I mean, when you when you have – 400,000 boys, you know, or 375,000 girls that, that are cro- in the playing high school soccer. Not that we're looking for a reason not to recruit you, but you got to be able, and I think, you know, you got to be able to stand out a little bit. And, and those, though, and every coach has something that stands out, you know, for, for coaching women's college soccer, someone, a center back who can win a ball out of the air stands out because you don't see, you know, okay, wow, that's, that's, she can win a ball out of the air. That stands out too, you know. So, like you said, I mean, in that moment right there is, it shows so much as, as, as a player and, 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 and the ability to think ahead. Um, and I, I wish more clubs did that. Um, they so focus on where you have, we can play one touch soccer and you can take, you can do 10,000 juggles. Great. But you get 11 v 11 field and you don't have a clue. You know, you work on A, B, C, and D in training, but what happens when B falls apart? Well, so. we, we have a principle and I, I use this in terms of my evaluation, but also in my coaching, which is, is a principle grounded in physics, but for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there isn't one, there is actually a reaction. You know, not acting is a reaction. You know, are they going to react immediately to try to win it back? I don't care how fast you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care how big you are. I don't care about any of those things. Do you have that innate quality to say, uh, I don't care about what my limitations are. I lost the ball. I'm going to take ownership of getting it back no matter what it takes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that then becomes an asset. You know, their act, reaction um, becomes an asset to them versus, you know, I'm concerned that they're not as big. Well, who cares? They've got a character to just go after that ball and get it back again. I, I, I love it. That's a distinguishing quality. For sure. And, that, and with, that's hard to teach. Within, it is hard to teach, but it is within that context also – that I hope your listeners hear this, um, coaches have the ability to assess a player who's playing on a bad team or mm-hmm. is playing in a game against an opponent that is outmatching them. They, they have the ability to do that. Well, let's, so a final question here is, and we talk about showcase and the generality of it, and um, 
how important and as a coach are you watching what players do say in between games when they're with their friends or, or they're warming up how, how important is that to to in that that those kind of moments there when when they when they're not actually playing a game yeah uh, great question, Josh. And uh, it's not important to me if it's a player I'm not interested in. It's incredibly important to me uh, as soon as I determine it's a player we're interested in. You know, every article that you read, every coach you talk to, now more so than ever, says character is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's becoming that way about even the best athletes. And the catalyst to bringing together the technical, the tactical, the physical, all of those types of things, the transition into college and how difficult everything is you know, outside of just soccer and all of those challenges, character does matter. And mm-hmm. sometimes the best way to sort of observe that is when they don't think they're being watched. Yeah. And so I tell our players all the time, the second you get out of that car in the parking lot of that facility – to the second you get back into the car, you're being evaluated and assessed mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not. And we're looking for specific things. What is their attitude? How are they with their friends? How are they with their parents? Yeah. How are they doing with loss? You know, how much, how did they, how did they place their bag? Yeah. You know, how, how did they put away their equipment? You know, what conversations did they have? And, you know, th- those things are important. I mean, I, I don't want to say that we're stalking players, but we absolutely do observe what happens to them once they leave that field. You know, and, and you talked about the parents, Joe Sager from Lawrence, uh, you know, University, who I, I, you know, and he, he said, I watch how you treat your mom. Um, because if you're going to treat your mom bad, how are you going to treat your teammates? Um, you know, and, and it is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's all those things. And you walk by a team. Um, and, I, you know, I watch, if you ever get a chance to watch them of how they prepare, they've had so much success uh, of placing kids in college. And, and, and I, so I went and watched them and they're so methodical and so disciplined. The entire team is, and it's impressive to watch because it closely mimics a college program, but their bags are lined up in numerical order. They're respectful. They warm up as a team. And this whole thing, you're like, wow, like from the minute they take that field for pregame, they're just an impressive and you stop and go, Oh, I'm going to watch this team because they're disciplined. Um, and I think we overlook those things because you've walked by teams before and they're all this, what are the, you know, they're, they're sipping tea or throwing shade to people. And you're like, this team is, I'm not probably going to watch this game. Um, you know, yeah. so. And be careful if your club has a culture, this is something we've had college coaches come to our training sessions and I've asked them, you know, can you evaluate and assess during COVID times? You know, this is tough. And they go, Ben, we can assess in ways that we couldn't assess before. Mm-hmm. Looking at the coachability of a player, looking at how they're sort of, functioning within the context of training their relationship with the coach you know all of those kinds of things but they said it's even more dangerous for a player if a club does have a culture if if it it requires you to dress up a certain way if it requires you to line up your bags a certain way if it requires you to warm up a certain way cool down a certain way now you stick out like a sore thumb when you don't do things you might be able to get away with it a little bit more with a team that overall lacks discipline and a college coach goes, okay, I'm going to have to talk to this player about it because our system is way more disciplined than that. Um, but it's really damning if you have culture on your team and you're not subscribing to that mm-hmm. culture, either either preparation-wise for a game or post-game, uh, that, that certainly raises a flag. Yeah. 
All right, Ben, John, I'm going to let you get back to your day. Thank you for for uh, having me on the show. I can tick that off my bucket list now. And, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you so much, and I hope uh, hope to catch you soon on the other end of this uh, COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you, and I appreciate it. Please, for your wife's sake and your kid's sake, get yourself a better bucket list. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate it. All right, brother. Much love to Rush Nation. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. Be sure to check back every two weeks for new episodes of Cap Chat exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this is Cap Chat.